God for seeing all your smiling faces. And I, I have to be truthful with you. I'm just like George Washington. I can't tell a lie. I am just so happy to see all of your smiling faces. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God is good. And he is absolutely worthy of all of our praises. And as was scheduled, if you've been following our church calendar, uh, on the 6th of January was scheduled to be our <coughs> Vision Sunday, amen, but because of, you know, weather and, and a lot of the other scheduling uh, things that have been going on, here we are today since uh, we are here and we're all together in one place with one accord. Now all we need to have to do is wait for that mighty, mighty Russian wind to come in, praise God, and fill us all with the Holy Ghost. But anyway, nevertheless, and so, uh, this then is Vision Sunday on this particular Sunday, although here it is the, uh, the 27th of January, amen. The book of Psalms, chapter 126, amen. Psalm 126, verses 1 through verses 6. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This particular psalm is an account of the Israelites, uh, and they are now celebrating uh, their incredible, miraculous, supernatural return from captivity in Babylon. They had been in captivity. Uh, they had been the, if you will, uh, the, the unwanted guest of the Babylonians for 70 years. And God has now miraculously delivered them. And I can remember... Thank God I've never been in captivity in that particular way. But I just remember a particular situation when I was in the military and, and uh, having been in you know, the combat zone for, for well over a year and being a constant target 365 plus days, seven days a week and all of that, uh, one of the things that I said was, well, when I get back across that pond, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to kiss the ground. I don't care what kind of ground it is. I don't care if it's raining, it's snowing. I don't care if a dog, if, if Rin Tin Tin just walked by and, and just living and people that ain't trying to kill me. So I can relate here to what the Israelites went through and just in their rejoicing having come back into a place that was familiar to them, a place where now they knew that there was peace and safety and all of those things that were going on. 
So if you will, uh, for your consideration this morning, the title of this message is Catch the Vision. Catch, C-A-T-H, the vision. Catch the vision. And we will be talking about and, and, and dealing with vision here over the next several weeks as well as the Lord would continue to, re- to direct us to do that. So first of all, uh, let us define what vision is. A vision is foresight with insight based on hindsight. You lose somebody. Yeah. A vision is foresight with insight that's based on hindsight. But a vision also is that which studies, vision studies history. And in our particular case, it, it sees what God has done and what God has said. But it also sees what is happening and then where we're going. And then after all of those things, and then the vision will allow us, it constrains us, it mandates us, it commands us then to get the heart and the mind of God. Those things are important. Now, whenever this vision, specifically uh, as it relates to the church and the body of Christ and, and to men and women of God and those that uh, the Heavenly Father has placed uh, you know, in a particular portion of the vineyard to shepherd his people. There is always the source of vision. And God is the source of vision, all vision, spiritual vision, as it pertains to us. First of all, uh, just, just think about here now about the source, the source of vision. The source of vision is from God. And our vision, the source of our vision here as it relates to us, the church here, Rainbow Word of Life Fellowship Church, uh, it is of God and it is from God. He is the source of all things. For of him and through him and to him are all things. Let me say that again to you. For of him and through him and to him are all things. So what does that mean, Pastor? That means we just don't try to conjure something up. We just don't try to cook something up around here and ask God to just go ahead and put a rubber stamp on it. Mm -hmm. This is what we do. Uh, And this is the way that Pastor Dora and I, this is the way we roll. We, we, We seek God in prayer. And we seek the face of God, and, 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 and then we, 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 we do that corporately when we come together for our corporate prayer on Monday mornings, and as other times when the Lord allows us to come together specifically for times of prayer. We do it with our leadership here at the church. We do it with our staff. Yes, and we all come together and we find the heart and the mind of God. Finding the heart of mind is so important. You say, well, you know, I don't see why that's so important. Well, I'm sure you do that in your home, and in, in your family unit. You do it at work. You go with people, and if you are part of a team, and you say to them, well, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm hearing. What do you think about that? Tell me what you, tell me what's on your mind. So we do that even outside uh, of here corporately within the church. We try to find the heart and mind. And I believe that this earthly ministry that we have here, including everything that's in this natural realm and things yet in the spirit realm are of God. 
Amen. That, 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 that's important for us. And I know beyond the shadow of a doubt what God has put into my spirit and what God has laid on my heart. And again, I have to say that it all is unto him because God is the source of this vision. So first of all, there has to be source for the vision. There has to be strength for the vision. So if you will, if you would turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. When you got it. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3. Looking in verse 20. Now unto him unto him that is able to do <laughs> yeah yeah look at it look at if you're looking at the bible that you have on your lap or in your hands or if you're looking at it here that's up on the screen look at it again look at it. just look at it unto him that is able unto him that is able do you believe that God is able to do what needs to be done? Yes. Well, very good. Are there any amens in the house on this morning? Amen. Well, we're not just talking about God is able to do. We're just not talking about physical buildings. And you know, that's something that is necessary for us as a ministry, physical building. But we're not talking about that. At least not today. Uh, uh, I'll share that with you later and subsequent because there are different other elements to the vision. So we're here today for our worship celebration, for our worship service. We have quote unquote come for church. We, are, we have had church. We are yet having church even as we speak. But church is just not a place that we come to, people of God. Church really is what we are. Church is who we are. We are the people of God and the Lord Jesus Christ in his word said that he would build his church. When he had that conversation, that dialogue with Peter, and he said unto him, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the strength of our vision, the vision that God has given to me to impart to you, to thee, to me, to we, all of us, the strength of the vision, catchphrase, word here, jumps out at me, is that he is able. Yeah. There's nothing that God wants us to do, people of God, that we cannot do. We heard that from Minister Monkey on this morning. And she said that, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing that is impossible to God. And I believe that I did hear that from you or from, from Elder Dave. Yes, ma'am. And I knew that I heard from one of our ministerial staff on this morning as well. Nothing we can do. We cannot do. Because God is with us. Now think about this. God, and I find myself saying this to people, even in, even in conversation with some of the other activities and in, in, in organizations that I'm involved with. And I, and, and I say, and I say, look, I'm not ever going to ask you to do anything that I would not do myself. Uh, that, that's important. 
But I also believe this, that God would never ask us to do anything that is impossible. Hello. Yeah. They're never going to do that. Hallelujah. So, it, and because the vision is of him, that means it can be done. God's work, people of God, in God's way, people of God, will always be successful. That applies to our vision here and what he's called us to do, but it also applies to what you do on your job and in your family unit and everywhere else that you put God first. And putting God first is so important. And when you put him first, you will always be successful in everything that he calls you to do. So now what we are about, people of God, is big. And I like big stuff. Big, B-I-G. We're about big vision. But in order to fulfill the big vision, there must be big provision. And it's not just going to happen ipso facto. That's not tongues, that's Latin. That word iso facto, it literally means by the very fact itself. So what I want you to understand is that everything God says and does is always right. That is an iso facto term, phrase, iso facto. But then because everything that God does is always right, but then here's where we come in, here's where you come in. It's going to take all of us to do what God has called us to do. But God is the one who's going to be doing it through us. We are just that vessel, we are just that conduit, amen. You don't drink a water pipe, you drink the water that is in the water pipe, all right? So in that way. God is just that conduit. We are the vessels through which he moves. Hallelujah. And if I were to ask you this question, in fact, it was one of our songs, and the question was in one of the songs that we sang in this morning in our praise and worship. And it was just such wonderful and joyful just to hear that, that joyful sound, that heavenly praise and our praise thing, uh, singing and just... Uh, this the presence and the spirit of the Lord here on this morning. And so the question I have to ask you on this morning, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. You didn't say that right. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, 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 no. no. Now you got it right. All right, that's what the words of the song say. So now we've said and we've seen it and it says unto him. Yes. Unto him, that means God is the source of the vision. Yes. I think about this and you say, well, you know, we, we, and I know when we started and I see where we are right now, but understand this, that vision transcends time. Yes. It's not constrained to just one portion of time and if it does not come to pass within that time, then it's no longer of God, but vision does transcend time. And as people of God, each one of us must, quote unquote, catch, 
Catch means to grasp. It means to lay hold of God's vision for this ministry. And that's going to require from you an investment in the vision. Nobody get scared. Don't grab your pocketbook and hold it to your chest or to your breast now. I didn't say it was going to require from you an investment of your wherewithal. I said it's going to require from you an investment in the vision. Investing in the vision. So now let's just go ahead and add to our definition of what vision is. So then vision is a picture that is held in your mind's eye of the way things could or should be in the days ahead. Vision implies a visual reality. It is a portrait of conditions that do not exist currently. So our vision is the vision that God has given to us and for us for this particular ministry is a reflection of what God wants to accomplish through you and I to build the kingdom of God. Right. Let me just rephrase it. Let me, let, me, let me sum up, if you will. All right. All right. Vision, then, is a view of the kind of world that God wants us to live within. A world he can create through you and me and through us if all of those he has called would operate according to the guidance provided by his Holy Spirit. Now you say, say that again. No, I'm not going to say it again. You can see it up. You can look at it on the Vimeo broadcast. All right? Amen. But if you really, if you, if you really need me to, I will say it again. Praise God. So, so, so just go with me. Yeah, just go with me. Go with me. Go with me. So, so let me tell you a story. So one day, And we're familiar with, there's a man, his name is Walt Disney, and we're all familiar with him. Uh, uh, so one day, Walt Disney took his daughter to a kid's park. And as he went, his daughter went round and around on one of those rides. Walt Disney was impatiently waiting, and he was bored out of his mind. I can identify with that. Remember taking your kid to the park some other place and they're just having something you just kind of and so he was bored out of his mind but then all of a sudden even when he was in boredom and, and he was almost having this 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 out-of-body uh, otherworldly experience he began to envision a place where parents and children could come and have fun together so in 1955 the Disneyland dream became a reality. And today, Disney parks operate in California, Florida, France, and Japan. And it exists in all of our hearts and minds, most importantly. <laughs> so one day, uh, uh, two fathers took their, their families to uh, Walt Disney, took them to Disneyland and and. And, and, and they were walking through one of the parks, and, and one of the dads said, I just wonder what Walt Disney would think if he saw all of this today. But the other dad, being very perceptive, he replied and said, believe me, buddy. Now, if you don't believe he saw it, he sure got a good fake going on, let me tell you. He saw it. That was a woman who lived in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, you probably heard her name. Her name was Helen Keller. And she was blind. And this is what she said. 
She said, worse than being blind would be to be able to see but have no vision. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing thing. So saints of God, we are on a journey together as a church. But it's also a journey that, uh, uh, to discover how we can impact others for the sake of the gospel and fulfill the great commission that God has called us to do. And whether any of you realize it or not, what God has called us to do is of eternal significance. Mom Dot would always say, she said, Pastor, what we're doing here is judgment work. Judgment work has eternal significance for all of us. So then we are called to impact others with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is part of the vision. So here we are today. We have read here in Psalm 126. So I want today to talk to you about what it means to, to, to have significant impact through the church. And God has us here to impact our neighbors and the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, God, as, and we are God's assigned agency. And as God's assigned agency, we are to impact the world. Every agency, every church should be God's assigned agency to impact the world. And we should have eternal impact through the church of Jesus Christ. On a Saturday, and it was a Saturday, November the 5th or 6th, I believe it was. In 2016, Pastor Dora and I were driving to Corning, New York. God, our Heavenly Father, I was in the driver's seat, Pastor Dora was in the passenger seat. God was driving the vehicle. God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit gave me this assignment on a particular day. And in fact, I reached over and Pastor Dora, she was doing it, and I said, honey, get a pencil and a piece of paper. I'm hearing this very clearly from the Lord and I want you to write it down. So God our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit said this and gave me this assignment. They said to me, make an impact. Yeah, I know you remember that. Make an impact. Make an impact. Inspire multitudes of people to accept Christ today and every day going forward. And bless God wherever I am. I show the love of God to everybody. Maybe sometimes too much love. And just sharing the good news of the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Let me read it to you again. Chapter 126 of Psalms 1 through 6. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, we, ah, the Lord hath done great things for them. Yes. I love this because we say it at the old church a lot too. So come on, people of God, let's stand up and let's testify with one voice together. The Lord hath done great things for us. Well, we're glad. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's the message. 
A pilgrim psalm, song, excuse me, it seemed like a dream. Too good to be true when God returned to Zion's exiles. We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them, the nation said about the children of Israel. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. And now God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout, Oorahs at the harvest. Glory be to God. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessings. Hallelujah. You remember when mom and dad used to go out shopping. Whatever your shopping day, they went to the market and did whatever. You just get so excited because you know they were coming home with armloads of, of stuff you didn't like, broccoli and, 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 and cauliflower and kale and chickpeas. But then you knew there was going to be some good stuff coming. There was going to be some ice cream and some cookies and some sweets and some chocolate milk, you know, and all the kind of fruits that you like and all the really good stuff. God is showering down us and pouring out upon us showers of blessings. Yes. Showers of blessings. Mm, 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 mm. Church, people of God, church is a time. It's a time when we can assemble ourselves together and come together and worship the Lord corporately and celebrate all that the Lord has done for us and delivered us out of. Amen. Amen. Mr. Mookie shared with us her experience in just, uh, you know, on this week. And all of us can share uh, through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. But even in all of that, as we come together and as we worship and we celebrate what God has done for us, and as we reverence and celebrate him as our Heavenly Father God and, and Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But then church is also like a hospital, people of God. It's where people who are sick, broken, bruised, beaten, and battered with life because of sin and unrighteousness can come for help. However, you think about this. Hospitals don't tolerate sick people hanging around who don't want to get better. No doctor is going to keep fooling around with a patient who won't take his or her medicine or won't accept a needle, but just wants to occupy a room at the hospital. Now, right over here, right up the road, a little further up the road over here, on the, on the left-hand side, that, that's a wonderful hospital over there. And in fact, I was just in there less than a month ago. I mean, you know, when you get in there and, you know, you got the... TV and you got the bed, you can move and interrupt it, you pull up, you can pick up the phone and you can call and you can order your meal and you can order this and that and you can order all kinds of good stuff and all that. And you got people, you know, that come in there and they're waiting on your hand for, are you warm enough? Can I get you a pillow? Do you need anything? How about some water? You know, can you do, and we have people here with us today that work in the medical field in the medical profession and that is their job and their assignment to do all of that. But if all you want to do is go to a hospital so that you, can, you just want to occupy a room that there's nothing, there's something wrong with you, excuse me. What would you think if somebody said, look, I know I'm sick, but I've decided to stay sick 
because I just like this hospital. In fact, I'm going to put my name on the door to this room and live here for a while. I don't know about you, but I know that I would rebuke them in the name of Jesus, cast the devil out of them, and I would condemn that person for misuse of the hospital because a hospital only exists to give life. Amen. People of God, that's what the church does. Just as people who are sick go to a hospital to get equipped to live, we are born again to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior because and become spirit-filled, become a member of the ecclesia, which is the universal body of Christ of baptized believers, and we're supposed to serve him as members of this local church. Look at verse 1 again. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. So it just seemed too good to these exiles, to these people that had been in captivity for 70 years. It seemed too good to be true that they were now able to return to their beloved homeland, their motherland, Jerusalem. And they said, this is just like a dream. I just can't. You know when you went to Disney World the first time. You just saw all of the, What? This is stuff I used to see on TV. But this has got to be like a dream. Am I really here? So they just couldn't believe it. In verse 2 it says, Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Yes. Then that, listen to the word again. Then said they, among the heathen. The Lord hath done great things for them. So in other words, the people that had been in captivity for 70 years, they now want to give the testimony to the world for what the Lord did for them, and I say rightly so, and amen to that. I heard scripture on this morning it's just so appropriate for us. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That's from Psalm 107, verses 1 and, one and 2. They said again, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. So this remnant, this people of Israel that returned to their land after Babylonian captivity, they didn't exhaust the meaning of this psalm altogether. But in this psalm, it also looks forward to their national restoration when the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, returns again to the earth. We too ought to be glad about that because the imminent return of our Lord and Savior, he's on his way. We don't know where, we don't know when, but I can assure you that he's coming back again just like he said he would. Glory be to God. And then they said, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. So those returned out of captivity, they were thankful for what God had done for them. And those that are still in captivity, it is our job to encourage them to just try Jesus and come on over here on the Lord's side. 
I, I can think about my experience on that day, that evening when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I had stuff that I was relieved of that I didn't even know I was carrying around. But after the invitation and after church was over and we came out, you know, rejoicing and all of that. And when we walked out the church doors and digging folks were standing out, they kind of picked me up and hugged me. And I said, man, I just feel so light here. I said, I feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah. Didn't know that I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. But apparently and obviously I was. Because I just felt so light. I felt so restored and renewed and revived. I just felt so rejuvenated in that. So we as people of God, we have so much to be thankful for. Hallelujah. And I've kind of matured it down through the years. And as soon as I got to pick up the phone and I'm telling everybody, oh, I just got saved. The Lord's just so great. And, you know, he's just that. And people stop answering the phone after a while. I knew what I was going to tell them. They see me coming. Oh, you Before they used to, oh, here he comes, man. Come on, let's go. I know it's going down tonight. But then after a while, they see me coming and they just kind of backing it up. They ain't going down with him. He want us to go to church with him. Let's get out of here. Something wrong with that, brother. But it, it is our job, people of God, to encourage people that are yet in captivity, even around us, in our communities and everywhere else, and encourage them to just try Jesus and again, just to come on over to the Lord's side. And I just believe and I think that every, if every one of us could write this Psalm 126, all of us could do that if we could. I firmly believe that. Why do I say that? Because truly, if it hadn't been for the Lord, we too would have been overwhelmed. If it hadn't been for the Lord, we too would have been washed up. If the Lord had not been on our side, we too would have been wiped out. Can't every one of us say this? If it wasn't for the mercy and the goodness and the kindness of God, we would be curtains, toast, finished. That's why I believe this psalm is so important to us. Because it causes us to remember how God rescued us in the past and how he delivered us when things looked hopeless for us. And in this way, then the past that we've come through now sets us up. And I believe that it gives us a glimpse of a prophetic future. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. 2 Corinthians, and I don't know that you have this media or not. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 verse 10. Concerning the Lord, we have it, it's right before you. Paul says, and this is what Paul said, we know the history of Paul. He wasn't always the man of God who he, he, he ultimately turned out to be. And Paul says this, Paul says, he did deliver me, and he doth deliver me, and he will yet deliver me. You know, people of God, the same thing is true for all of us as well. Because God saw us through what we were going through in the past, we can be confident that he will see us through all the way to the end and all the way to glory. Hallelujah. So just think about this. Here's a thought for you. The Jews released from Babylon by this king, Cyrus, is a picture of our being set free from sin by God when we got saved. 
Just as the people of Israel continue to remember when the Lord delivered them from bondage, we too need to remember this. We too need to remember the day we were saved and the freedom that we felt and the feeling we had when the burden of sin was taken away at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by, by faith. Yeah, excuse me. I received my sight. Now I'm happy all the day. We too need to remember the relief that came to our hearts when we realized that we were no longer sentenced to H-E double toothpicks, but rather we were destined for eternal life in heaven with the Lord. Yeah, but we also need to remember as well the joy that flooded our souls when God's presence came into our lives. And the joy we share as we linger there, none other thou has known. We too, see, I could take that. Well, there we go. We too remember the overwhelming sense of peace that swept over our spirits when we received God's forgiveness and we were reconciled to him. But we also need to remember the gratitude that we felt for the Lord because of what he has done for us. That's why they said that the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad about it. But we too also need to remember the hope of being given new life. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete. For I'm saved. Yeah, we remember the hope of being given new life. That we have a clean slate. We got a fresh start. We have a new beginning. And most of all, knowing that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Glory be to God. Without question, people of God, I believe the greatest day of our lives was the day then when we were born again. So then throughout each and every day that the Lord sins and that ends in a while, we ought to give pause. We ought to stop and pause and take time to praise the Lord for saving us and for setting us free from the bondage of sin. Yeah, that means we should be giving thanks unto the Father who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's from Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Here's my second thought. I'll say, Lord, please don't let him have too many thoughts. We could be here all, we could be here and shut it all night. Well, here's my second thought. People of God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Know that God uses your deliverance, your salvation experience, and what the Lord has done as a testimony to every believer that you encounter. Your life, because you have been changed, should show what the Lord has done for you. And because of that, just like it is here, in this 126th chapter of Psalms, verse 3, our duty is to declare the facts. Glory be to God. We heard again from Psalm 107, verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because he has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Amen, hallelujah people of God, but and as you were quoting that scripture and talking about that scripture to us, Minister Moki, you know what I thought of? I thought of 1 Peter 2 and 29. Yes, sir. 
Yes, it is our duty and our job to declare these facts. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who has called you, me, thee, we out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And if you go on to the next chapter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That is our duty. Glory be to God. Winding it up here now. Winding it up. The following that I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you about is a conversation that I had with God. And, 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 and this is what I said to God. I'll, I'll, I'll relate to you now what he said to me after that. But it wasn't an X-rated conversation. This is what it said. I said, Lord... It's your vision. I'm your man. So Lord, work through me. Work through me. That's my conversation with the Lord. I'm saying to again, Lord, it's, it's your vision. I'm your man. So work through me, Lord. Now, this is what I'm going to say to you, Raymond. Listen to me. So, as a church, we must be more focused and purposeful because we have a common goal. But in addition to that, we also have a unique vision of why God has called us here. And bless God, we're not just going to do church just because, quote, unquote, that's the thing to do. There are a whole lot of folk going to a whole lot of church. They're just going to do church. But we're not going to do that because, quote, unquote, well, that's the thing to do now. Just do church. All of us are alive in our faith and in this ministry because of a special call that God gave to you. He gave it to you through me. So bless God, that's where we're going to be, people of God. We are going to be his church. And as long as we continue to be his church, the gates of hell will never prevail against us, people of God. Hallelujah. I want you to stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Rest on your feet. Hallelujah. Now this is what... God said back to me. Remember, I talked to God. I heard about you and what you are to do through God. This is what God said back to me. This is our vision from God. Rhema Word of Life Fellowship Church proclaims Jesus Christ as the head of our church 
and the revealed word of God as our guide. Hallelujah. Our goal is to teach the word of God so that it can be applied to our daily lives with simplicity and understanding to reach souls from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Until we are a, now watch this, little tweak here, a multitude of strong, born-again believers in Christ. Changing the lives of those we touch by showing the love of God. Creating generations of believers in Christ Jesus that can never be destroyed. Hallelujah. And then the Lord gave me this prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, we, the body of believers of Rainbow Word of Life Fellowship Church, we live in perfect harmony and full agreement with the Word of God. And Lord, we thank you because there is no division among us. Every service is full of your love, God, your praise, your revelation, and your power. And each church member and ministry partner is fully committed to the work of the Lord. People are flowing into our church. There is not one feeble among us. And all the members of our congregation are 100% tithers and we are living under an open heaven. We are bold in our witness and reigning as a royal priesthood and kings in this earth. We are doers of the word of God and we are experiencing only success and victory in every area of our lives. Our church is prospering financially, having more than enough to meet the need of every situation that pertains to life and godliness. We are redeemed from poverty, sickness and spiritual death and no weapon formed against us prospers. Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for more than enough unprecedented favor, wisdom, revelation, direction, resources, and men and women for the vision and using all of us to establish your word throughout this earth in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.